In May of 2000, Allison Thresher vanished from her small apartment in Bethesda, Maryland. It was the night before she was supposed to start a new position with the Washington Post. She's never been found, but the mystery surrounding Allison's disappearance has only deepened in the time she's been gone. This is a story of betrayal, anger, stunning accusations, and family secrets unearthed. There are strange coincidences and odd connections, but it is also a story about survival, forgiveness, and incredible courage. What did Allison Thresher know, and who wanted her gone? As you're about to learn, there are many answers to both questions and new clues that are only being revealed in this podcast. I'm Melanie Alnwick, a reporter for the Fox Station in Washington, D.C. I've filed thousands of reports, covered major cases like 9-11 and the D.C. snipers, and conducted award-winning investigations. Some stories fade away, but others you never forget. Like this one. I first met Allison Thresher's family and friends on May 29, 2000. So let's rewind back to 18 years ago. Hi, this woman's missing. She was last seen around this neighborhood. I'd been assigned to cover the story of a missing woman from Bethesda, Maryland. It's Memorial Day weekend. Allison Thresher hasn't been heard from in five days. People who care about the 45-year-old writer and editor have gathered to hand out flyers with her photo, and they're very worried. My sister is a responsible professional woman and a mother of two young children who was starting uh, a new job at the Washington Post News Bureau. The, the behavior would be so out of character for her. It, it would not be anything that she's ever done in the past or would even assume that, that, that what anyone would perceive it with something that she would do. That's Sarah Thomas, Allison's younger sister, and Robert Gratz, a close family friend. We spoke in the rain, standing along the edge of a wooded path to the CNO Canal. That path just steps from where police found Allison's abandoned station wagon. That might be very helpful. Um, when, was the, when was the last time someone talked to her? Sarah is a stocky and serious woman, the kind who isn't about to fall apart. She doesn't know it now, but soon Sarah will become the fierce guardian of everything Allison lived for and loved. At this point in time, though, it's a unified search effort. Allison's two children, 12-year-old Hannah and 10-year-old Sam, are there. Sam, a wiry kid with a blonde crew cut and bright orange shirt, is scurrying from doorstep to doorstep, leaving yellow flyers with his mother's picture. Allison, two-dimensional, just a series of lines and dots on copy paper arranged to produce an image of her, half-smiling, bespectacled, her small face overpowered by a froth of blonde curls. The word missing stretches across the page in 84-point Times New Roman. Hannah's the opposite of Sam. She's quiet and brooding, bundled up in a heavy black sweater under a large rain slicker that hangs off her square frame. While Sam runs back and forth, Hannah stays close to her father, Allison's ex-husband, Jim Thresher. Jim is a photographer for the Washington Post. He's a tall outdoorsman wearing round tortoiseshell glasses and an army green ball cap. I ask him how he broke the news to the kids. He tells me... Something is, you know, something has happened and we just don't know what it is. And that's very uh, unsettling for myself as well as my kids. Hannah, her light brown hair cropped short and feathered back, rests her head on Jim's shoulder. She's carrying a secret, 
that will only be revealed in time. You know, flyers, Montgomery County police are also out there stopping cars and asking questions, though they say there's nothing about the events of the prior week that set off serious alarm bells. The longer she's uh, unaccounted for, the more concerned we are, as we know her family and friends are. Um, we can't rule anything out, although there are no outward signs of uh, foul play. We certainly uh, consider this to be um, uh, suspicious and, and unusual. Allison Thresher had dinner with her parents at their home in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May 23, 2000. She went back to her apartment on Sangamore Road in Bethesda to prepare for her first day at WashingtonPost.com. She was alone that night. It was her ex-husband Jim's week to have the kids. She chatted with a friend on the phone and sent an email to her supervisor. At 12.17 a.m., now Wednesday, May 24th, Allison emailed a friend. But she didn't show up for work later that morning. She also missed a doctor's appointment. The next day, Thursday, May 25th, Allison's sister, Sarah Thomas, got a phone call. My parents called me. I was in College Park. I, you know, they said, do you know where Allison is? Something's wrong. She didn't show up to work yesterday. And, and I guess her boss at the Post thought at first it was a, a scheduling confusion because she was going to be working um, substituting for people and it was going to be a varied schedule. Um, and I understand he had tried to get a hold of Jim and failed. Um, so then the next day, the boss thought, no, something's really wrong, and called my parents. Sarah hasn't spoken publicly about the case for many, many years, but she agreed to revisit it with me, still hoping someone will come forward with information that will help find Allison. It was late in the day on Thursday, and they called me, and I called Robert our friend, and Jim. Robert is a childhood friend of the sisters. Jim is Allison's ex-husband. No, I said, Jim, you know, do you know where Allison is? Because, you know, nobody is thinking that something happened to her. We were thinking there was, well, you know, I was thinking that there was some scheduling confusion and, and you know, I didn't know all the details. But so I called Jim thinking that if, if she had had a conflict you know, and, and had left, you know, was out of town or something, he would know. Right. And I called Robert thinking that he he would possibly know. And then I and I called the police. Friday, May twenty fifth. Police found Allison's nineteen ninety seven red Volvo station wagon parked in the Brookmont neighborhood, a shaded enclave of arts and crafts style homes overlooking the CNO Canal. It's only a mile downhill from her apartment. For days, that area was blanketed by police. Bloodhounds searched the woods. Divers searched the river. Still, no sign of Allison Thresher other than her Volvo. The doors were locked. And again, police said there was no evidence of foul play. That was the narrative for many months. Sarah Thomas never believed it. The whole idea that you could commit suicide and hide your own body, you know, it's completely absurd. What we now know is that Allison Thresher was trying to protect someone. And the detectives first assigned to her case made several mistakes, including the assumption that she wanted to disappear. Today, new cold case investigators have a different take. The scene, the scene being her apartment, 
what looked like, was set up in our opinion to look like she was distraught or suicidal and just at the end of her road and was going to take, you know, some kind of action to drive her car a mile away at CNO Canal and just jump in. I mean, that was the beginnings of the story that evolved. We did some follow-up forensic things that um, supported our theory and we're confident that it, it was a murder scene. Detective Katie Leggett and Detective Mark Janney know a thing or two about tough cases. In 2017, they got a confession and guilty plea from Lloyd Lee Welch for the kidnapping and murder of the Lyon sisters, one of Montgomery County's most heartbreaking mysteries. The girls, just 10 and 12 at the time, had been missing for more than 40 years, their bodies never found. The detectives' determination and attention to detail is now being put to the test in Allison Thresher's case. As a cold case investigator, there aren't a whole lot of satisfying days. And um, to work a case as hard as we work this one and still have that huge unknown out there, it, it's, it haunts us. And so we're not, we're, we're not um, willing to give up yet. We're still gonna do some things and do some more interviews and, and keep looking. If Allison Thresher was murdered, who did it and why? Where is her body? Those questions have lingered like the faint odor of cigarettes in a former smoker's home. The answers are something her now adult children, Hannah and Sam, desperately need. This has been 20 years almost of a question mark. And uh, there's been no funeral. There's been no, no real closure for Hannah and I. Finding a body would do that and it would also it would, it would bring everything together correctly for this case. Sam is speaking before a crush of cameras and microphones. It's April 2018, and Montgomery County Police have called a press conference to publicize the cold case. He still has a close crop of blonde hair, but he's now tanned and muscular, the build of a guy who, like his father, likes getting lost in the outdoors. Anybody that has a mom, which every human does, <laughs> should know the importance of a mother and what uh, happens, what could happen, you know, when a mother is taken from a child at that age. Um, I don't know, and I'm still kind of figuring it out, even in my late 20s, what the impact of my mother's disappearance and so now homicide um, is doing to me. Next to Sam is Leroy, another Sandy Blonde. But Leroy's a shepherd lab mix, Sam's therapy dog, his protector, the one, he says, who helps him sleep at night. Hannah struggles to hold back tears. If you have any information that may help in the search for justice for Allison Thresher, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem, please contact the police. Just as I did, you may not have noticed it at the time, but now looking back, it might be more meaningful. You'll hear more from Hannah as she reveals the dark secret she held for so long. In the course of producing this podcast, we uncover a web of deceit involving a prestigious private school and a teacher. You'll learn about evidence not revealed in public before. Two men who haven't come forward until now will tell me about their relationship to Allison Thresher. It, it, it was and remains uh, the worst tragedy that I've ever had personal knowledge of. One of the players in this case will be named a person of interest and someone will die. I couldn't believe it. Um, I think a huge part of me was so fucking bummed because 
it was like he knows where she fucking is maybe you know the, the odds of him knowing where her are at this rate are super high and now he's dead and there's so much more to this mystery in our next episode who was Alison Thresher beyond the headlines she was very beautiful and very uh, vibrant and, and men were always trying to date her, <laughs> so to speak. We've also learned she had many personal conflicts, some which could lead to a motive for her murder. Thank you for listening to this podcast and please subscribe to Missing Pieces for the rest of this incredible story. I couldn't have done this in-depth work without the help of other people, including my colleague, Fox 5 photographer and editor, Ronnie McRae, and the Montgomery County Police Department. We'd also like to give credit to Rose Audio for our original music. And a special thank you to Sarah Thomas, Allison Thresher's sister, and Allison's children, Hannah and Sam. They are survivors and strong and they're hoping you, the listeners, can help them find Allison Thresher.